What's going on, my friends? It's Dave Sharp. Welcome to Wake Up Legendary, the greatest marketing show on earth. And my friends, oh, are you in for a treat today? You are in for a, a wonderful treat today as we bring out uh, somebody who uh, is uh, a wonderful example of what's possible and is a wonderful communicator about what this journey is like and what it takes to achieve success and somebody who had a extremely successful and um, a career that most people strive for previous to this. Uh, she was and still is a doctor of audiology this is her third time on Wake Up Legendary, so she has continued to come back and share with us her journey so we can get an update of it. And so, um, you know, as I bring her out here in just a moment, realize that it's not just folks who are poor, um, you know, in dead-end jobs, uh, who have absolutely nothing going for them in their lives, who are getting into learning these skills and starting online marketing businesses. It's people who are who have done all the right things. They've got the good grades. They got the, the, the degrees. They got the wonderful jobs. And there was something that was missing. In each case, it's different. In, Gwen in Gwen's case today, you're going to hear from her exactly what was missing for her and what she's striving for here with this next chapter of her life. With that being said, Gwen, my friend, welcome back for the third time. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. It's my pleasure. It's my honor. Where are you calling in from? Remind us where you live and, um, and, and uh, where you're from. I am from the East Coast of New Hampshire, the Northeast Coast, and I'm in northeast of the United States, and I'm in New Hampshire. <laughs> You're in New Hampshire. And that's um, also where you have, where you were a practicing doctor mm -hmm. and uh, made this transition. So right mm -hmm. there in, in New Hampshire. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, um, it's good to see you again. Last time we hung out was at one of our masterminds not too long ago. Looking forward to seeing you again. This is a nice treat to be able to check in here, mm -hmm. um, you know, just here on the show. Uh, what's it like to be back here for the third time and this becoming actually, you know, you've got a career here that you're you're doing now. Mm -hmm. What is it like to go from just check in here real quick, what you used to do to what you're doing now? Oh, that like, ooh, I just got chills when you said that. You've got a career here. And I think that is the biggest defining factor of or what differentiates this for people. People come in thinking like, I'm just going to figure out how to, you know, make some money online versus really wanting to dig in and learn all the things and make it your career. Mm. It feels, it feels exciting. It feels like I'm just getting started. Um, yeah. It feels like I'm just getting started. Yeah. And I can relate to that. You know, I, I think you're right. A lot of people come into this with some some expectation that they're going to have a quick hit of something. It's going to be a quick, you know, injection of maybe cash or relief into almost like how the government did with our stimulus, right? <laughs> yeah. And sort of like a stimulus injection into your life. Okay. Now I've got some breathing room mm. and instead what's really possible here is not just something that's short term, but something that is long term that can, of course, be an injection of relief, but also can be much more than what you ever imagined, turn into a real career, turn into more money, turn into more opportunity, turn into more influence than you could have ever imagined. Do you think if you would have set goals at the beginning and really tried to say, yeah, I'll sign up for that right now, do you think you would have shortchanged yourself? Probably. <laughs> I think it's so interesting because I think um, 
sometimes it's too hard to look that far down the road. Yeah. It's much easier to be like, okay, it's just the next step, like just the next step. And I think if you keep doing that, you end up surprising yourself because you're like, holy crap, that next step was like a giant leap, you know? Didn't know I could make it. Yeah, I think you're you're spot on with that. We do live life in, okay, just got to get through this weekend, got to get through this month, mm-hmm. got to just make this next bill. And it, I guess it doesn't really matter where you're at in life, what your career is. It seems like everybody would think, well, you are a doctor. You must have had it all figured out and mm-hmm. all going on and all totally feeling secure. And it sounds like, and of course, listening to your story, you even had some parts of your life that were like that. I'm sure not all of them, but talk to us a little bit about, take us back to when you were becoming open to this, looking for what was missing from that previous career that you are now, you now realize and have more insight into and probably able to articulate a little bit better? Yeah. Um, What was missing from my career? I'm, first of all, I got into this career to help people um, and quickly realized that uh, I was a, a number, like I was a number in the cog in the system. Like I was just another worker, just coming to work and doing the thing and never really felt like I was valued as a person. I was valued as an employee. And so I changed my job my first couple years out of grad school. Uh, I tried working in a hospital and then that didn't feel right. And I tried working in a private practice and then that didn't feel right. And I landed in this third place that on the outside would have seemed like everyone's dream job, had my own office, had my own secretary. It was just me and an ENT. I didn't have to do marketing. The patients were coming in, like dream job on paper. Um, And then that is when my boss reduced my salary without any warning and without any, any real reason, except for the fact that he just didn't want to pay me that anymore and didn't feel like other audiologists in the area were making that money. Um, and so what was missing from my job was me valuing myself, was me realizing my worth and was the freedom to figure out who I was. I feel like I was just getting up, going to work, doing my job, going home and the stress of having a workplace that is not conducive to like happiness. And, you know, there aren't very many workplaces that I've heard at least from friends and and family, like that, that are like that, that are like, I really want to go to work today. Like my job is so fantastic. Like it's not usually like that. And it certainly wasn't like that. Not that I am not grateful for the opportunity, but I was able to see what I valued. And then I was able to see that that wasn't, I wasn't able to create a life that reflected my values if I stayed in that job. Mm. Yeah. It's an inside job for so many of us. And when we get out of survival mode financially and as a doctor, you're able to at least earn a living in, in which you're not, I would assume living paycheck to paycheck. However, Mm. once those first needs you know, not as much as people, I, I would think. Yeah. Um, you've also got probably a massive mountain of student loans and so forth to pay on. My point was, is that thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm. can't really get to the next need until you meet the first need. And at least for the most part, I also know that your husband is a firefighter, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. you guys had a roof over your head and you, you know, you were at least meeting your your financial needs for the most part. What I hear you talking about is not meeting that need for fulfillment and happiness and community connection amongst your fellow coworkers with your boss and employer. Mm-hmm. And that was a major piece that was missing for you. Now, it's mm-hmm. not to say that you don't welcome more money into your life, but 
Um, I'm hearing I'm hearing those emotional and, and, and kind of mental and spiritual needs not being met. What about time? Yeah. It, it was that also something that played a part in your in your restlessness? Yeah. Um, time with your kids, family? For sure. Um, when, when my husband decided at 30 years old that he wanted to become a firefighter, he was a union carpenter. Union carpenters make great money but he didn't want to do that anymore. Um, he wanted to become a firefighter. And that meant for us that his pay was going to be reduced about 50%. And at that time we looked at my pay and we said, you know what? It's not a big deal. Like we can handle this. I want you to go do the thing that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And then we had children. And I think having children and then also seeing my husband do a job that he really, really loved, didn't care what he got paid really. Um, that's when that time piece starts to really kick in. You know, you realize I'm getting up before the sun's up and I'm going to bed and it's dark and I've got no time to myself. I've got no time to spend with my kids. I'm, I'm wishing for a snow day on a Monday so that I don't have to go into work. Like time, time was probably one of the biggest factors in me starting to look in the digital space to see like, how can I get more time back? I just want to be the person that is at the gym at nine o'clock in the morning. Like, how do they do that? That's all I could, all I could imagine. How do they do that? I'm like, are they nurses? <laughs> I just want to go to the gym when I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> what Which is unique, silly. What a unique little goal. What a unique little, you know, just sign of desire, wish, goal. It's not always a million dollars. It's I want to be at the gym whenever I want to go and have the freedom to be able to do so. Mm-hmm. So take us, I, one of the things that I thought was kind of funny about your story and when you were talking at our recent mastermind was that, you know, now you are at home, you're, you're, you're chopping a lot of wood. You're, you're, you're in charge of, you know, keeping that, that fire burning throughout the day, um, but you love it. Talk to us a, a little bit about what life is like now and what are some of the things that you love about what digital marketing allows you to do and be? Yeah. Um, so we live in New Hampshire where it's it's cold in the winter. And we have this unique outdoor wood boiler. It heats our water with fire <laughs> outside. And so I can't remember how many cords of wood we go through, but if if you're watching and you know cords of wood, it's somewhere between 11 and 18 cords of wood in a winter, which is like two grapple loads of logs being delivered to my house in the in the spring. Cords, grapples, I mean, holy sweet. It's It's almost unimaginable. I will not lie, it is not my favorite thing to do. However, um, it has to be done. And and prior to this year, my husband wasn't home. He was working as a firefighter and also as a carpenter in his own business because we had to. Mm. I couldn't just go out and get a nine to five, right? That would be an easy solution. I could have uh, go out and find any job hiring. Like I drive by Wendy's and it's hiring right now. I could have gone to do that. Um, But having kids and having a firefighter husband who has a schedule that is not planable, made it pretty much impossible to do that. Um, So anyway, my, my spring and my summer look like getting the wood ready for the winter, which is splitting and chopping and and stacking all this wood. Um, And I remember when I started this, it was May 22nd, 2023. We had had our first delivery of wood and I had just started chopping it. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to take people on the journey with me. I want them to see what's possible. I want them to see what goals I'm working towards because one of my goals is to not have to spend my entire summer splitting all that wood. And that means money. It it just means having more money to be able to pay someone to do it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I started, that was my goal. And, and, you know, I, I do enjoy being outside. I do enjoy the workout. So I like that I have the time to do it, but before it felt like a chore and now it feels like I get to. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's really, really interesting. And many of your, many of your um, initial videos when you started creating content were showing you chopping wood, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
this is what I'm doing every day. I might as well take a video and use it as B-roll. So a lot of people are wondering, you know, I mean, what do I, and, and I was looking at your Instagram here just a moment ago, and uh, you've actually got a, uh, a video um, just recently that you shared, uh, I don't know, just a, a very short time ago right here. Um, it looks like it's about the fourth video that you've, so <laughs> is that, I mean, it looks like you've also got a cutter there too. Is, is that an upgrade? <laughs> yes. So we, the first Holy year, crap. That, <laughs> look at all that wood. It's a lot of wood. Yeah. So the first year that we lived here, we bought a Home Depot wood splitter. And if you've ever purchased a Home Depot tool, you know that it might not be, <laughs> They're cheap and they're cheap for a reason. So splitting all that wood broke that splitter and we had to get a new splitter. It was something we couldn't have afforded before. We were just, it was just a mess the year before that. And so that splitter was a new purchase. It makes my job that much easier. Um, but we couldn't have been able to afford that the prior year. Mm. Turquoise says, woman, you are dynamic. <laughs> you are dynamic. Isn't she friends? I mean, this is... Melody says, wood is no joke, lady. It's no joke. Sean Saranto says, I don't think people truly understand the power of B-roll. Yes. And so let's talk a little bit about that. We're going to, mm -hmm. you know, this is Gwen's third time on the show. So there's a few episodes where we dig a little bit deeper into her, you know, origin story and, you know, what it's like for her and what it, what it was like for her. But let's let's fast forward into how did you grow? How did you grow your marketing? I mean, you may have been a doctor in wherever your previous life was, but when you come onto the online marketing world, there are people rolling out of trailer parks that have more in influence than most doctors. Your mm -hmm. credentials, your life experience, you know, how many degrees you got, all that stuff is not irrelevant, but it's not the most relevant thing on the internet. It truly is a very level playing field. So I want everybody to lean in and understand that people from all walks of life are coming into this world. And when you get here, the playing field is level. So put your seatbelt on and get ready to go to work. It's going to be a wild ride. And it's not the course or any of the education that's going to do it for you. As somebody said last week, the course doesn't work. You work, right? You don't just buy a course and then suddenly where's my money at? So talk to us about how you, you how you created a story. How did you create engagement? How did you pick the niche that you're in? and start talking about it before you had any success or much mm -hmm. knowledge about digital marketing? Yeah. Well, for the past eight, eight years, I had been trying to grow an online, multiple different online businesses from network marketing to coaching to retreats. And it wasn't growing. <laughs> um, I had been trying to use social media, try, trying, right? And um, it wasn't going anywhere. And what coming into legendary helped me understand is the importance of the story. And I just wasn't doing a good job prior to that. And now, I, now that I understood it, I understood that people, people, number one are nosy. They want to know what kind of coffee you drink, how you take your coffee, you know, where you like to shop for food. Where'd you get that outfit? People just want to know about you. And I think the reason why people want to know about you is because they want to know that you are like them and they are like you. And so therefore you're like, and if she can do this, I can do this. So I started to go back into my mind of like, who was I before I found this? Who was I before I found this education that has helped me understand that? And then look at what I was saying, what problems was I having? Um, what words was I using and what I just felt like I needed in order to get to that next step. And so what I started to do is I started to tell my story. Like, this is who I am. I'm a mom. My husband's a firefighter. These are how I spend my, my days stacking and splitting wood. That This is just what I'm doing. Oh, but also at the same time, I'm taking an hour or two a day to learn some skills that are going to set me on the path to build a profitable business. I hadn't made any money yet. I was just 
going along um, and taking people on the journey with me. And I think that's, I think that's what people are so afraid of. I had an aunt tell me when I first started in the online space and network marketing in 2015, she said, oh, you just share so much online. Like, don't you just get so sick of just sharing yourself online? And at that time I took offense to that because I was new in the space and I'm like, oh, are other people thinking that? Am I just like, is it too much? But now I realize like, if you don't share your story, if you don't share all these little nuances and the behind the scenes and the reasons why you're here, people just don't get a connection to you. They don't feel like they want to follow your journey. Mm. And I, and people reach out to me and they say, you know, I've been following you since you first started. I can't believe where you are since then. Mm. And so people do follow that. Even if they don't even want to be a part of what you're doing, they still follow you just to see, is it going to work? Is she going to follow through? And some people wait a year or two years before deciding, okay, she's giving me enough proof now. Like I should start. Mm. It's like social proof. Totally. Yeah. Gail says, oh, that lovely aunt we all have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's so, it's so true. Uh, one comment at the beginning from somebody who's got influence in our life, meaning that they have some, we have some sort of emotional uh, tie to them. Uh, and throughout our whole life, their words may have been powerful. An aunt, an uncle, a family friend, a friend of your mother's, mm -hmm. um, you know, somebody in your social circle who's not really a friend. They're just an acquaintance. Mm -hmm. But because they know you, their words for some reason hold weight. And those little passive aggressive comments, those little sneaky little um, feel they, they nice criticisms because people criticize you in a nice way because yeah. they don't want to come right out and say, huh, you're <laughs> so annoying. Like, I mean, why do you see yourself? They go, oh my God, Gwen, you share so much of yourself. <laughs> I don't really know how you do it. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like that kind of like, Mm, condescending condescending in such a nice way it's like a paper cut you mm -hmm. don't even realize that you're cut you're like oh my god am i bleeding ow did that hurt oh that did hurt right and so what so what other hurdles limiting beliefs who else did you need to tune out in the beginning and even still to this day in order to launch and keep going and keep sharing? Yeah. Um, who did I need to tune out? Everybody. <laughs> uh, I literally shut down my social media. I, I, I started a brand new account, this one, Financially Free with Gwen, and I shut down everything else. I wasn't scrolling anymore. I wasn't watching anyone else. I had been following coaches who were making millions of dollars a year in the space and wondering why I wasn't there because I was doing all the same things. I had been following, you know, network marketers. I mean, everybody who's killing it. And so my feed was just full of people killing it. And here I was, I wasn't killing it. I had to turn it off. I had to literally stop following other people in general and just put my blinders on and just go. Like, like mm. a horse. I just <laughs> put my blinders on and went. <laughs> yeah. That's such a, God, friends, are you hearing that? I mean, I have heard this so many times that from super successful marketers who started from zero and finally had a breakthrough was that I really needed to tune everybody out. I really needed to unfollow. I needed to go on an unfollowing spree. It wasn't just tuning out friends and family and setting new boundaries in my personal life. It was, it was also, I needed to clean up the voices that I was and the people I was listening to and watching on the internet mm -hmm. because I was falling victim to comparisonitis mm -hmm. and any little piece of energy that I gave away of feeling like on my pity pot or down on myself or shaming myself, that was energy that was really valuable that I was just giving away and not getting any ROI on. Does that feel like it fits? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
Yeah, I've, I've heard that from so many people. I just wonder how many of you listening need to really get serious about building your fortress, mm. building your real fortress. I mean, what? how are you protecting your eyes and your ears? These four holes right here, you know, are like so important and we don't do anything. You know, we, we protect our other parts of our body. <laughs> yeah. He's right here, man. I mean, we, we just let anything and everything come into them. And, um, you know, I'm trying to keep this PG, but we got to really, <laughs> we got to really, you know, we have to really, I mean, you know, who is violating you? Who are you allowing to violate you through your eyes and through your ears? You know, it's almost like we need to protect ourselves from being violated you know, by other people's, you know, messages in, in, in their, their successes or their, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like we allow the, it's like we stay in this kind of abusive relationship, you know, and it's, we really have to just go yeah. stop, shut it down. But it's so insidious because it doesn't feel like that. It's like, well, I'm just following other successful people. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, but are you really, are you being inspired or are you stuck in comparisonitis? Mm -hmm. Every time you watch one of their videos, do you feel uplifted or are you starting to get bitter and jealous? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is honest talk that you have, and that is, this is what it's called doing what's best for you. Why is that so hard for us to do sometimes? Because of social media. I mean, if you get together with your friends, you're like, oh, did you see so-and-so went to such and such a place? I'm like, no, I, di I didn't see. I don't, I don't follow them on social media anymore. Because that's the conversation. Did you see so-and-so did this? Did you see this person did this? And then you're not in anymore, right? You're not like in the in crowd anymore. And that's very hard to do. You have to really understand your values and what you value more and then put your path towards those goals and, and let go of the other things. Because it's going to be hard. You're going to get pushback. You're going to get people, you know, giving you their opinion. And at the end of the day, you know, they always say, like, other people don't pay your bills. You pay your bills. <laughs> you got to do what works for you. And my friends, I'm going to show you something here to let you know that I can relate See, this is my old little old Instagram profile over here. And look at how many people I'm following. <laughs> That's not because I just want to look cool. That's also because I can get on my Instagram feed and I can do the same exact thing that Gwen's talking about that I'm talking about. And the reason why I can talk about it is because I'm also a human being who can relate, who it doesn't matter how successful you get. There's already, there's always somebody else out there who's doing it better mm -hmm. that I could look at them and say, Oh, why try? I, it's the reason why I talk about on the show every day, the comparisonitis and the, you know, the, you know, I mean, the, you know, the distraction, the, the shiny objects, all the different things is because I've been battling this for 14 years in this business. It's, it's been, I mean, and it's not just from friends and family. It was also like all of the toxicity back in the, um, the every time like elections come around. The last time there was like a, the election, it was so toxic. And so many friends and family and people on Facebook that I knew were, were, were saying all kinds of crazy shit. And I literally was starting to hate people that I knew I loved. Right. <laughs> And so I literally, every time I went on Facebook, just instead of scrolling like I normally would, I would scroll and just unfollow people. Mm -hmm. I would just go on an unfollowing spree. And so I didn't unfriend them, I didn't, but I would unfollow them. So I didn't see their posts. So I didn't have that coming into my, my life. I, I realized, I think, at a certain point in my career that when I get up and check my email and check social media and I'm checking what everybody else's agenda for me is that day before I'm actually checking into what is my agenda mm. for me that day. That's Does that true. resonate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're letting other people tell you how your day is going to go. And what I should be focused on. Mm. 
what I should be watching, what I should be, you know, email is another place. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about email from a marketing standpoint. Right now, we're just talking about how do I keep my focus? How do I not allow myself to get distracted with other people's success or other people's voices? Let's shift a little bit into another part of your marketing. We talked a little bit about you creating content. The thing I love about social media is that we can go down and look at your older posts. I mean, if anybody wants to look at some of those old wood chopping videos, they can certainly find them. Um, but now you've got an audience. You're, you, you've earned an incredible amount of money, at least the money that I know that you've earned um, from sharing and from tracking some of your results here just as an affiliate of Legendary. Um, but let's talk about some of the ways that people may not realize that you're creating success. Of course, mm. creating great content is one piece. Having a marketing funnel is another piece. Being consistent, creating content every day, always trying to get better. But email, mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about email marketing and how that has played a part in your success or lack thereof at mm. the beginning how have you evolved your email marketing and what could you share with us that might be helpful for somebody who's not really paying much attention to their email marketing? Mm. Yeah. Email marketing wasn't something I never, I, I heard it all. Like you don't own anything, but your email list, you don't own your social media. It can go away tomorrow. The only thing you own is your email list. <clears throat> and so I think all these parts are like puzzle pieces to building something that is, valuable and also profitable at the same time and something that you can be proud of. And when I started exploring my voice on social media, I also started to understand how to explore my voice in email. And I do the same thing in my email that I do in my social media. When someone opts into my email, you know, I, I know how people feel about email. I know people are like, oh my God, another email. I don't want another email in my inbox. And it's so easy to unsubscribe. So I want to make sure that when I send emails that people feel, number one, a connection to me, that it's like a human on the other side. And number two, my emails are not just a place to spew a million different affiliate links. And I want people to know that from the beginning because once someone starts to feel like the only reason why they're on your email list is to sell them something, they are gone. They're going to unsubscribe. The same thing with social media, right? Same thing with creating content. So what I started to do is I started to, and I learned this in the blueprints, understand how to take people on a journey. I would, you know, my emails, I'm like trying to figure out where do I start? Like what's the place, best place to start for someone new? I literally took the opportunity in my email to tell my story again. Um, but this time I was kind of shortening it up a little bit. Like here's, here's a little synopsis of where I was and what I didn't like stay tuned for my email tomorrow where I tell you this. And that's like another highlight to what is my story. So it's like a chain of events. Number one, not only is that getting someone to read more of my emails, <laughs> um, but number two, I ask questions in my emails and I engage with the person who's there. I want them to reply to me. I ask them, hey, did you get this email? Just shoot me a reply so I can know that it landed in your inbox. I'm setting up this feeling of connection and community in my email. And, and that takes a little bit of figuring out. I didn't do that from day one. You know, day one, I just, I plugged in some emails and I just got it going and I, and I set it off. But as soon as I could kind of take a breath and come back, I came back to my emails and said, okay, how can I make these a little better? How can I make them more connection? How can I make them more storytelling? And also, make sure that what I'm bringing is value, not only in, in education, but also in tools. So just like you talk about like picks and shovels and buckets, what are the tools that I can give these people that will support them with the main reason why they got on my email list? And I think understanding that connection has really helped me create good emails, like get better at copywriting. Yeah. And ultimately, that's all people want. They want to know, as you said before, what kind of cream, what kind of coffee do you drink? Do you put cream and sugar? What kind of cre what kind of creamer do you use? Yeah. Um, 
what, what do you do you do you what do you eat organic what kind of organic like all those little pieces of your life and of people's lives the same thing is true with marketing so if you were in the um, how to get your baby to go to sleep at night niche right the parenting and or relationship niche then um, you know you would talk about your story of not being able to get you know having your baby being so excited you know, uh, can't wait to bring him home. And then when he got home, uh, he wouldn't sleep and you didn't sleep. And now your marriage started to um, mm -hmm. have conflict. And now um, you, you were showing up late. You had to go back to work now. You were showing up late to work, all the things, all the misery, right? That's the story. And here's what happened. I discovered this method using a few simple, low to no cost tools that I could, that I bought online. And um, within one week, my baby was sleeping through the night. And over the course of the next 10 days via email and a few videos, I'm going to show you and teach you what I did. And I'm also going to introduce you to those same products and to those same strategies so you can use them in your life to find the peace and the happiness and get the sleep that you're looking for. See, mm -hmm. The, the, the messaging and the strategy is interchangeable in multiple niches. Yeah. What Gwen is talking about is introducing people to the very things that you're using. Like, for example, did you know that it's much easier? To, you may be having a hard time if you're in the online marketing niche, getting started with video and recording on your phone. Did you know that when I started using a pop socket to hold the back of my phone, it became so much easier because now I could hold my phone with ease and it became an extension of my hand instead of awkwardly holding this big block and shaking and just not feeling comfortable. Now it literally feels like an extension of my hand. I'm going to, you know, here's the case that I like. Here's the pop socket. You link out to it. That's just an example. Mm -hmm. um, there's better examples that will pay you higher commissions, such as recommending people to the funnel builders that you're using, recommending people to the autoresponders that you're using, recommending people to certain courses that you've taken. That's why so many people get hyped up about promoting legendary marketer courses is because they got a lot of value from them. So you have an opportunity to be able to not only tell your story, but weave in all these products the software or no matter what your niche is, whatever it is that you can offer them um, as an affiliate and simultaneously build streams of income while while giving people what they want, which is those details. Well, what did you use? What did you buy? What was the thing that helped you? And mm -hmm. I think that so often in email, but also in all of our marketing, we're we're afraid to sell. We're afraid to, 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 to give people that call to action. We're afraid to send that email. We don't want to bother. We don't want to come off too salesy. And, and so talk to us a little bit about your mindset about that. What limiting beliefs did you have about selling, mm. about bothering people with your emails? And what what is something that you're doing now in terms of how you look at it that may help somebody else who doesn't consider themselves a salesperson and doesn't want to come off as bothering or being too aggressive? Mm. Well, the, the first thing that that comes to mind is someone who opts into your email list is joining for a reason. Like they, they asked to be there, right? So they want more of what you promised them in the very beginning. So understanding that, that is the golden ticket. They want to be there. So now you know they want to be there. How do you keep them there? And that's value. But there is this mindset of like, oh my God, I just sent out an email last week. I sold something in that email. Oh my God, I'm sending another email and it has another link in that email. Is someone going to unfollow me because I'm selling all these things in this email? You know, we, we get like so fixated on that. And instead, if we can pull back and be like, did my last email provide value in relation to the reason why someone got on my email list? Yes. Okay. Is this email providing value and a, a tip or a shortcut or something that's going to help them get a quick win for the very reason they joined my email list? Yes. Okay. You're doing exactly what they opted in for. So as soon as you start not doing that, that's when people leave your email list. That's when people don't want to be there anymore. 
and, and you've lost a connection. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. They're not looking particularly for friendship. They're, yeah. they're not looking for a pen pal. If they get on your email list, they're not looking for a pen pal. Right. They're looking for a solution. They're looking for you to point them in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. They're looking for direction. They want calls to action. When you don't give them a call to action and tell them exactly when to start, and this is another thing that I have you know, learned over the years, is to be so normal and specific with my calls to action. Like, for example, a lot of times in the beginning and end of the show, I say, hey, if you'd like a text message reminder, to, 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 for when we go live, we'll literally send you and I'm describing it right now. This is what I do. I say, we'll literally send you a reminder and I get out my phone, just like I'm doing right now. And I, and I, and I, and I show them, hey, look right here. This is, this is the text. You just get a nice little link right there. You click the link and it actually sends you right over to Facebook. So you can right over there. You don't even have to search for it. And we'll do that for you. Look at that. The, the, the interview just came up right on my Facebook app, just from that link. And so if you'd like that to just one click, join the show every morning without having to search or, you know, scramble around looking for passwords or anything like that, text WUL, the words or the letters WL and type that right into the space where you would normally type your, your words at. See how specific I'm being mm -hmm. and how normal I'm talking. And, and then type, Text that word, W-U-L, to 813-296-8553. Of course, put that number right up where you would normally put somebody's number up. But see how specific I'm being? Because people are like that extra detail is helpful to them. In your emails, if you give a call to action, if you were to say, and when you get over on that page, this is what's going to happen. You're going to watch a short video. Make sure you watch that entire thing, okay? Then you can scroll and review some of the details on the page and make sure that you click the big green button that says start here, fill out your details, and I look forward to seeing you in the back office. I can't wait to hear all of your breakthroughs and takeaways. But mm -hmm. those, because otherwise people are like, am I doing it right? Am I in the right place? And when you give them, so talk to us a little bit about your directness. I'm sure as a, as a doctor, you were used to giving people prescriptions <laughs> and instructions, but this, you know, those, those skills don't always translate over. I mean, sometimes we just <laughs> are here in the headlights. So how, what have you learned about being specific in giving calls to action and the importance of them? Yeah. Um, people need to be told what to do. <laughs> Um, they just need very, and, and again, I did learn this in my field. I, so I used to fit hearing aids to people. And, and when you get hearing aids, it's a new technology. It's a new thing. You have all these pieces, you have batteries, you have plug-in, you have all these things. And it's overwhelming. If you've ever gone to a doctor's appointment, you know, they say you hear 50% or you, you consume 50% of what the doctor said. So I just always remember that they're only going to remember 50% of what I said. So how can I make sure they remember the rest? I'm going to give them explicit directions on exactly what to do. Just as a reminder, here's what you need to do. Do, 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 do. Here's the button. It's big. It's colored. You click on it. You can't miss it. Like it's easy. How can you make this simple for someone to follow through with? Yes. Yeah. Somebody said, uh, Sarah said, Gwen, I bought the blueprints and launched my business because of you. Love I wonder it. how many of you have been influenced or inspired by Gwen. Just drop a comment. I'd love to see it. How many of you have watched her videos out there? How many of you have come across her previous to meeting her on this show right now? I'd love to just see some of those comments. Um, it's 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 so true. They, 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 they need to be told in more than anything, friends, they want to be told. They want to be led by you. They, they're looking for, look at all this. Oh my gosh. Yes. Melissa says me. Victoria says I'm here. Thanks to Gwen. Michelle, me, love her content. Deborah, follow her. I love all of Gwen's tips. Inspired oh. better in December. Yay. Mary says she's amazing. Annie, me too. She got me started. Natalie, 
Uh, yes, been inspired by Gwen on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Thank you. She captured me. Love <laughs> authenticity. I've been influenced by, I mean, they're just pouring in. Um, me too, but it's just there. We got hands going up. Dolly says me. Um, wait, oh my God, I'd have quit months ago if I hadn't seen her on my oh. legendary team. Gwen bought the blueprints and how does it, I mean, how does that feel? And they're just, that was, that's just 10% of just the comments that have come in in the last 30 seconds. How does that feel to, to, to be able to have that reach and that influence on people now? Oh, it's overwhelming. <laughs> um, and also like, this is everything that I've ever wanted. I just wanted to give people their voice or I, I, I didn't want to give it to them. I wanted them to, to realize it. I wanted them to see it and understand it and know that they have the power already within them. All they have to do is know how to access it. And I just wanted to teach people how to access it. And I think that is just a small glimpse into, again, I, how I'm just starting to figure out how to help people do that. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting when you're when you actually have the awareness that you're just kind of breaking through to your own potential. Yeah. Right. I mean, here you are so accomplished already and yet here so new, kind mm -hmm. of like a newborn baby who's just kind of realizing, oh, my God, I got I got legs. I can run. <laughs> You know, right? Do you ever feel like that? Like, oh my God, I've come so far, but I have like, so I can do so much. And, and I guess that would fit right into one of my favorite questions, which is like, what, what has this journey taught you about yourself? Oh, <clears throat> it has taught me a lot. It's taught me to trust myself. Um, trust myself even more. Like when, when I first came into the 15 day challenge, I already knew, I, I knew day one, like this is it. And if I had questioned that, or if I had gone out to Google and been like, let me look up reviews of the 15 day challenge and like read what other people have said, that would have tainted my trust. That would have changed maybe the direction that I decided to go in. Maybe I wouldn't be here. Mm. So I think it's a trust in like, you know, you better than anybody else. You know what you want, you know what you desire, you know what you want to create. And hopefully you know that you're the only one in control of how to make that happen. I know what you mean with that because so often, so many of us look for direction, even more so, even deeper, look for others to tell us how to feel. Mm to feel about someone. I mean, the easiest example is John, he is such an asshole, right? And you hear that and almost adopt that feeling without even meeting John. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is such an asshole. Amy said so. And then you meet John and it's like, shit, I like, I this like John. I like John. I'm a nice guy. I, yeah. you know, and here I, I uh, you know, I, I have, this conflict because so, so for so much of my life, I've, I've adopted other people's opinions, feelings. I've asked them to tell me how to feel about people, places, and things. And here we are starting a journey of being a business owner, of being the boss, of being the buck stops with you, even if you're the only employee of your business right now. And there is no leader in the world of anything that's worth a damn who relies on other people to tell them how to think and feel. True. A leader relies on people for insight, for opinions, to stay open-minded, to learn from, but not to be a puppet for, right? We make fun of. You ever heard somebody say that about a president? Well, he's just no. <laughs> he's just a puppet, Never. Right? 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 I mean, every president is said that. he's just a puppet. He's just a front man, right? And the truth is, is that when we come into this process, 
the best thing we can ever do for ourselves is actually experience it and form our own opinion. Actually go through it. I love what you said. Tune it out. Not, I don't need to know what other people thought. I am in control of my wallet. I am in control of whether I get scammed or not. Everybody's like, well, I don't want to get scammed. Well, hey, hey, I want to introduce everybody to something. This is called your wallet. Okay. And this is probably where the majority of you keep your, your credit card, right? That little thing that you type in when you want to buy something. And also that you give to people when there's something that's really, really enticing, right? Like the person says that, well, if you just, you know, buy, go over here and buy Bitcoin and send it to me, I'm going to manage it for you. And I'm going to send you back triple your investment in seven days. And you're like, okay, right? Well, hey, guess what? You're in control of typing those numbers. Nobody can make your wallet come up out of your pocket and just enter in <laughs> the computer and start giving money away. But we act like it can because I think so many of us feel so out of control mm -hmm. and are so used to other people telling us what to do and how to feel that you're right. We have lost trust in ourselves. Mm -hmm. and that is one of the greatest gifts. And I'm so glad that you're you're feeling that and in, in, in experiencing that, because once we do begin to trust ourselves and have a couple of positive experiences from actually making a decision. And then even if it didn't turn out the way that we wanted it, being proud that we made that it was kind of like somebody who I heard on Wake Up Legendary a while back who said, yeah, I'm having some problems in this business, but they're my problems. They're <laughs> my problems. They're not somebody else's problems. They're not my boss's problems who gave them to me. They're not, you know, Sally in the next cubicle over. They're my problems. I'm solving them. I'm moving through them. I'm figuring out ways to overcome them. And even if I haven't overcome something yet, it's still my challenge. It's my journey, right? It's my learning lesson. I feel like I'm blazing a path. And isn't that the real payoff, Gwen? I mean, yes, the money's great, but isn't it also the confidence and the mm -hmm. self-esteem that we build through this process? Because I've done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't even count on my hands how many quote unquote failures I've had, how many things I've tried that didn't work out the way that I expected them to. And if I had stopped there because, oh, I did one thing that didn't work out, I wouldn't have found myself here. Like everything that we do is, is just another step to get us closer to the things that we want to create, to the life that we want to design, as long as we're taking the steps. If you're just sitting back and you're being complacent, and you're like, oh, this is it. Well, that's all that you're going to get. You're not going to get any further. Yeah. I just say, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's a beautiful thing to make your own decisions. It's what we all want, but we're so afraid of it for some reason. You know, we all want to be the boss, you know, but then we don't, we're afraid of taking the responsibility because, well, oh my gosh, maybe I'm going to get made fun of, or, you know, it's, it's going to be my fault if it fails. And, and, you know, that's just, I don't know how to make the big bucks and be the big boss and have the great rewards and celebration unless you're willing to also take the responsibility for when things go wrong. Mm -hmm. um, one of the coolest feelings that I've had in my journey is when something does go wrong, though, to totally own it and step mm -hmm. up to the plate. And people are so respectful. They admire that so much. And I think that's one of the things that makes success and entre entrepreneurship easier than what people think mm -hmm. is that it's not about your failures. It's about how you handle them. Yeah. And so if you learn how to handle things, which is with honesty and personal responsibility, taking ownership, you can never, ever make an ass out of yourself. Because as soon as you fail, you totally redeem yourself with humility and ownership. Does yeah. that resonate? 100%. 100. You have to be able to admit, you know, I, I was wrong. I was wrong about this. And so here's what I learned. And here's how I'm going to take that into the future and change how I you know, do X, Y, and Z. Um, I think it's the fear of being judged by other people. I think we're just so consumed thinking that everyone's watching our every move when they're really not. But because we're out there scrolling and watching everyone else, we just think all the eyeballs are on us all the time, but there's millions of people out there. 
no one's watching your every move. And if they are, let them. Good on them. Again, they don't pay your bills. It's not narcissistic. It's self-absorbed, though, right? Mm, I mean, we we throw some terms around way too loosely, and it can be very irresponsible. You see a lot of people online who throw, um, you know, real serious terms, and sometimes we label ourselves like, am I being narcissistic? No, you're not. You're just being self-absorbed, right? And that's a quality that we all have. Uh, because it's part of our survival skill is mm-hmm. to be totally self-absorbed to self-perseverance pres- um, is the first law of nature. Like you actually have to survive in your own survival is the most important thing to you uh, and to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how humans are made. It's how all animals and species are made. Um, so it's okay to be focused on yourself um, preservation. It's also a fact and true in the same sentence that if you're in your head, you're dead. You know, <laughs> it's been, I, Here's how I like to look at it. It's a bad neighborhood up here. I try not to go in there without the buddy system. You know, I mean, if I'm spending too much time thinking, right. And looking and analyzing myself, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, come on, I'm not a football player. I don't need to watch the tape. You know, I, 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 I was there. I said it, I edited it. I posted it. Let's move the hell on. A lot of times we post something and then it's got 10 views, nine of which are us. The other one is our mother. And it's like, look, move on to the next piece of content, move on to the next thing, post it and walk away from it. Because in, in not only six months, is it not going to matter, but literally in six hours, it's not going to matter. I mean, people have this going for them. It's called scroliosis. It's the thumb it's moving. They, if they don't re- if they retain only 50% of what a damn doctor says to them, they are retaining 5% of what you say to them. If that, yeah, you're just not that big of a deal. <laughs> you're not, and yeah. I'm not, and none of us are. It's like half of, I believe this way. The majority of our luck or excuse me, our success online is the luck of being there. Mm-hmm. at the right place and the right time because the majority and this is also what people don't realize the majority of your customers who are going to buy from you right now if you get started are people who are already interested in looking for it they, yeah. they the algorithm is already putting that kind it's not like you need to like warm them up you're like okay here let's start from scratch in every video and explain every they're already you're just getting to the party they're not So if you have a piece of content that happens because you posted it, because you executed it, you got it up on the internet and it's just, it came in front of them. You said the right thing at the right time. It's more the right time than it is the right thing that you said. And boom, they click your link. It gets tracked to you. If you're doing affiliate marketing or even selling your own, it gets tracked to you and you, you, you make a sale, you get a commission. Yeah. Half of the battle is being there. But Gwen, isn't that the truth in everything? I mean, you know, most of us find mates because, well, it was he was there. You know, it's <laughs> not like we're all out here, you know, traveling the world, seeking and searching. And, oh, my God, now I found. No, that's not how life worked. Part of it, half of the battle is just being in the right place at the right time. Does yeah. this, do you agree with this? Yeah, the the thing that I'm thinking about is I'm I'm we're trying to book a, a trip for my 40th birthday, and I've been stalking airline flights and and you know, and I was thinking about the luck of knowing you know some people are out there so good at finding a, a flight on sale, and I was thinking how do they know when those flights come up? How do they find the sale? Because they put themselves in the places where they're gonna find the flights on sale. They're literally in the space all the time doing research. So the only way that you're going to get your content in front of someone with the luck of the algorithm getting it in front of the person who's already looking is just to be in the place where your content gets put in front of other people. You can't not like you can't not produce something and then expect your stuff to land like you have to just be in it and doing it. Yeah. 
And that's probably the hardest part for so many is getting started. I want to finish the blueprints before I start. No, 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 no. Start learning, start learning, go. Right. So anyway, you can't, you have to be in the space if you want your stuff to be in the space. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be out there. That means you can't just have created a profile. You got to be creating bad videos, right. shitty videos. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're all going to be shitty. You're there. You're not, you're not going to let you have to just realize you're not going to like your stuff for a long time. I mean, there might be like one or 2% of anything you ever create. You're going to like love and like, be like, Oh my God, you know, that's a real work of art. Everything else is going to be cringe, but it, that's true with all actors, people who create things. If you listen to, I used to listen to some of those, um, some of those uh, interviews with that guy, I forget what it was called, but the actor studio or something like that, where the, where the guy would bring in the actors and, 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 and interview them in front of that big, it was at some college, but he would interview them. He was a real like old kind of professor. Yeah, like, I know what you're kind of, talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Real kind of a, I don't even know how to, you know, to describe them, but just like this total, like, you know, old, like acting nerdy professor type guy, but he would, he would get all of the biggest actors and do an interview. And I'll never forget watching, don't even know who it was, but actor after actor say, yeah, I don't watch my stuff. Robert Lipton. Is that who it was? Um, inside the actor studio. Thank oh, you. Yeah. And, and Kathy. Yeah. Inside the actor studio and actor after actor icon. I'm talking about the biggest names in the game. Yeah. He'd ask about specific videos. He'd ask about this or movies. Yeah. I don't watch my stuff. I don't watch my, I don't like the way I look. So it's not just you. It's freaking Brad Pitt. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Julia Roberts. It's George Clooney. It's Jennifer Aniston. You know, it's, it's the biggest names. And that's one of the, one of the, the things that I think we can find helpful is when we, when we, when we realize that, Hmm, I'm feeling the same stuff that every other successful person felt at the beginning. I'm feeling that awkwardness, looking stupid, da 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 da. You know, it's this is not just me who's having a unique experience, and then I attach a meaning. This is why I am not going to be successful. No, attach a, a a more true, empowering meaning, which is, oh yeah, here's that feeling i'm not liking my stuff but you know what who does like their stuff nobody likes watching themselves right and so i'm gonna keep going mm -hmm. despite myself despite my own limiting beliefs and that's that's how you create success i mean then you look back like you probably are at this point in your career and what what are you 18 months in two years in what not even eight months <laughs> Unfreaking believable. We're gonna end on that note, Gwen. It was so so good to reconnect with you and have another conversation. And I hope that you um get a chance to you know go back through and see all of those amazing comments. And uh, let's drop her some more love. We got the, the greatest audience here of the most supportive people, and they um show so much love, but it's, but it's also because you show so much love and so much value. Every time you talk, people are also talking about the little, you know, coffee with Gwen videos and lives and stuff that you're doing. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you're pouring a lot out into people and people are getting a lot out of your work. So it is just the beginning for you. I know that. And um, I can't wait to continue to see you grow. So thanks for your time. Once again, your third wake up legendary um, Gwen financially free with Gwen over on Instagram, go and find her, follow her, learn from her and uh, my best to you, my friend. I'll talk Thank to you, you soon. So much. Right. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right, my friends. You can find her, as I said, over on Instagram, financially free with Gwen, G-W-E-N. Everything's spelled exactly how it sounds. No dots, periods, no underscores. Financially free with Gwen. Uh, former doctor of audiology turned uh, digital marketer. Successful one at that. Eight months been doing this. Wow. I was pretty shocked by that. I had uh, forgot that she was so new, not even a year into this. Um, my friends, anything is possible. Uh, are you going to get the same results as Gwen? I have no idea. 
Probably not, right? Probably not. That's okay, though, right? Because you could get better results, but you also are going to have to do the same things that she did when I was getting clean. And I still hear this all the time. I wanted people's lives. I wanted, you know, my life was 24 years old. My life was in shambles. I was addicted. I was, you know, I had, I had no direction in life. And people said to me the most simple yet powerful thing I'd ever heard. Well, if you want what we got, do what we do, Dave. And so if you want what she's got, do what she does, do what she did. Put one foot in front of the other, get the hell out of your own way and just put it out there. Tell your story, give those calls to action, show up in those email inboxes. Know that if they asked for it, they want it. You're not bothering them. And go back and listen to this episode one more time. We're going to have it up on all the major podcast platforms so you can listen to the audio, okay? And you can really take all that she said in today, eight months into her journey, third time here on Wake Up Legendary, and she's created a totally new and different life for herself in those eight months coming from a career as a doctor of audiology. Wow, anything is possible. And you don't just have to be down and out on your luck with a crappy job rolling out of a trailer park, you know, to want something new in your life. People are coming in from all walks of life, from mainstream America saying, hey, the plan that was designed for me isn't what I bought. I want a refund, baby. And I want to start and build something on my own. I want to blaze my own path. I want to be my own boss. But just remember, and this is why we do this show, if you want to be your own boss, you got to be ready to pay the cost. And the cost isn't, you know, you have to be a martyr, right? You just got to be willing to do the things that we talked about today, which is put forth the effort, you know, put yourself out there, overcome and identify, identify and overcome your limiting beliefs, and then take responsibility when things don't go as planned. That's the most important part. It's not somebody else's fault. It's your responsibility to keep going, to adjust, to learn from the situation. You do that, then we're going to see your life and career take off in similar ways. All right, my friends, get out of here. We'll see you back here tomorrow for another episode. Again, follow Gwen at Financially Free with Gwen over on Instagram. And um, we will see you back here tomorrow, my friends, for another episode. Stay legendary. Get out of here. Peace.